Well, howdy folks. Welcome to Michael Perry's voicemail, episode number 112. Out the window of my little room above the garage, I can see, well, I've been seeing a crazed cardinal, but more on that in a bit. This is one of those episodes that we turn loose for subscribers and non-subscribers alike every once in a while. One of the things we do to thank subscribers is slide them a little news early now and then. So check the text of the email that this recording arrived in for a little bit of that news. In the meantime, let's get to it. Today's offering is a brand new, never-before-published Roughneck Grace column. Who says you need a newspaper to be a newspaper columnist? Here we go. The humidity today is such that the dew, rather than sparkling, was still sulking on the clover come noon. My shoes got soaked on the way to lunch. I broke a sweat while sharpening a pencil. This is the Wisconsin that surprises outsiders raised on booming invocations of the frozen tundra. Little do they realize that come summer the land of cheese goes all jungly. Yesterday I spent some time cutting brush and trimming trees, and in addition to sweating like a sumo wrestler jazzercising in a sauna, I was reminded again how many viney things weave themselves through the pines and popples and oaks and maples. I flashed back to my days spent reading Tarzan books. Folks tend to forget that Tarzan spent some time in Wisconsin, at one point swinging limb to limb through the forest with Jane in his arms, a stretch of the imagination no matter the circumstances, let alone should you have ever actually attempted to swoop your way through a spruce or a lowly box elder. Perhaps the climate was such back then that vines were less profuse, or Edgar Rice Burroughs would have written in a few for his displaced jungle man. In the interest of moving beyond Tarzan books and the weather, this morning I read a lengthy New Yorker profile of a leading contemporary French novelist. I do these things to broaden my scope of cogitation, but I am also forever trying to geolocate myself, as I regularly feel I am in not quite the right place. In part, this has to do with my relating to certain aspects of the French novelist's experience. Yes, I too distrust my responses to broad sociological and political questions, and I too am more comfortable with putting experiences into words than with the experiences themselves. Even as I completely fail to equal his capital A artiste persona as manifested through ad-lib eloquence, intellectual fluency, and tumultuous affairs. I, on the other hand, spend a lot of time just cutting brush, both figuratively and sweatily. Yesterday, I spoke at length with a talented engineer, a man good at all the things I am not, math, electronics, construction, etc., Sometimes I think folks like this fail to understand how much I covet their skills and admire their understanding. It's a theme I've beaten to death over the years, how my blue-collar roots assign a far higher value to fundamental skills than anything tied to wishy-washy poetics. And I won't reprise it here, but it also colors my reaction to the French novelist claiming that putting things into words was his reason for being. I'm not complaining, he said. I'm terrifically lucky to have what's known as a vocation. But all the same, 
how good it would be, how restful, if I could make fewer sentences and see a little more. That's a line to chew on, rather than resolve. Just now a male cardinal has shown up and set to attacking his reflection in my office window. Life contains brilliant surprises. So, uh, update, I wrote that yesterday. Um, And as the day went on, and I'm recording this the following morning, it's real early here on the back 40. But I recorded, or wrote that yesterday, and as the day wore on, that cardinal just kept hammering at my window. And I, I looked it up and I found out they do that sometimes. It's just one window. There's a there's five or six windows on this place, but he's chosen one square for some reason, and he sits in the bush and he sings at the window. I suppose that's some sort of challenge, and then he flies into it and, and attacks it and then goes back to the bush, sings a little more, and then attacks it again. I thought it was kind of goofy, but then it got to be a little bit distracting, so I put a blaze orange posted in the window thinking that'd slow him down. No, he just kept at it. Then I took a... Uh, we have... Uh, there was a card here that had a giant monarch butterfly cut out, not on it. I mean, the card itself is in the shape of a giant monarch butterfly. So I taped that up to the window thinking that'd turn him away. Nope, just kept at it. As a matter of fact, I went in for supper and when I came back out, there was blood on the window. So at this point, in the interest of saving the dude, I, I my blaze green, lime green, uh, local fire department shirt that I keep out here in the office in case I got to go on a call. I hung that over most of the window, and for the rest of the night, he just was singing off in the trees. But just now, while I was recording this, he he landed on the hanger that the shirt is hanging from, stuck his head around and pecked the window. So I don't know what I'm going to have to do. There he is right now. And you might have heard him singing a little bit earlier. Anyways... Me and that cardinal will sort it out. In the meantime, I'm very grateful to you for the time that you take to listen to these. And uh, yes, as regular subscribers know, I never say goodbye. I just say what we always said up there where I'm from, which is, well, I suppose, forward.